You now are listening to the audio podcast of Prisoners of Hope, the antidote to what ails your heart. I'm your host, Dr. Deborah Witsis. So come on in, pull up a chair, and open up your mind as you get ready to receive the download that hope will bring. Well, good day. It's Dr. D. And welcome to the Prisoners of Hope podcast. Last time we were together, we talked about part one of the inhabitant of the upside down world. Today, we're going to talk about part two. So stay tuned. We need to pray for those who hurt us. This is, a, this is a hard one, but they hurt me. But I say to you, love your enemies. Do good to those who hate you. Bless those who curse you. Pray for those who persecute you. That comes from Luke 6, 27 and 28. You know, I have direct experience and I, and I will share this. There was one time that I was dancing in this particular class and this particular student and the teacher were kind of rude to me. They were very rude. And at first I did the old, you know, right side up Deborah thing. I pouted and refused to come to that girl's class anymore. But then later I found out there was a need that the girl that had treated me bad was in financial need. COVID had hit. And she was out of town and was dependent on her proceeds from her business um, endeavors to make enough money to come back home and everything. And it went out on Facebook. And my teacher, she knows I'm not on Facebook, so she texts me and she told me, you know, such and such is stranded. And if anybody could help. And, and, And I did help. I helped quite a bit for her to come home. And it's so interesting. She had treated me wrong, but I prayed for her. I prayed for the opportunity to help somebody. And God chose this to open up my heart. Now when I see her, we're the best of friends. There's no ill feelings. Um, It actually showed her God's heart. This is why you are to pray for your enemies and bless those who curse you and persecute you. People are like, well, how do I do that? I'm glad you asked. First, you're going to acknowledge your emotions about the harm that was done to you. You're not going to stuff them down. You're actually going to look at them and say, okay, let me see. Was there any part of this that I was my part, was it? Was it my part or is this all the other person? And the answer could be, no, there was the other person. They abused me. Well, okay, that might be true. But you want to acknowledge your emotions. And next, you want to recognize how those emotions that you have, that you're holding on to like that anchor, is affecting your behavior. It's affecting how you treat other people. Is affecting how you act at work. And then you need to release them. 
Why should somebody who hurt you have power over your life now? I'll say that again. Why should someone who hurt you have the power over your life now? Then the next is very intentional. You have to choose to forgive that person who offended you. You got to choose to forgive them and then do what's right. Like I did after I got that message on my phone that that person needed help to come home. You have to choose to forgive that person who offend you and then do what's right. And then you want to release the control and the power that the offending person and situation has had in your life. This is very important. People say, well, do you hate so-and-so? No, hate is such a strong emotion. You know, hate is just as strong as, as love is. This is why God tells you above all, love, love your neighbor like you love yourself. Love your enemies. Because hate is such a negative emotion. It takes you down Satan's path of destruction and heartache. Last, but certainly not least in the upside down down world, we need to put our feelings where they belong. Sometimes you have to tell your feelings. You have to shout, get out, stop. What do I mean by put your feelings where they belong? You want to make sure that your feelings are in line with your desired belief. And if they are not in line with where you want to go, then you need to evacuate the feeling. You need to get rid of the feeling. You know, the Bible is quick to tell us that our feeling can't be trusted. Why can't they be trusted? Why are feelings so untrustworthy? Well, because they're constantly changing. They are easily changed by people. Have you ever been to church and heard a very um, motivating message and it motivated you and you were excited until Monday? And let's say you went to church on Sunday. (laughs) So it only affected your behavior one time. I know there's an old psychological study where they um, actually affected people's feelings and their health by telling people, oh, you look sick, you look sick, you look sick, you look sick. And so the person was feeling sick, was feeling sick. Have you ever felt like not doing something and then once you did it, you felt better? I call that working out. So your feelings are constantly changing. They can't be trusted. They're also changing because of the circumstances that you find yourself in. If you find yourself in a very happy circumstance, that could change your feelings. If you find yourself in a very depressing circumstance, that can change your feelings. But let's say your desired goal is, for example, to lose weight. Do you see how the circumstance can sabotage your forward moving? 
because you begin to overeat because you feel depressed because there's you got a bad phone call you got a bill that you forgot to pay you see how circumstance can change your feelings that's why feelings are not trustworthy the Proverbs 3, 5 even tells us, don't trust in your feelings. It says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Notice it didn't say anything about feelings. And do not lean on to your own understanding or feelings. Don't lean on your own feelings. I have said this before, but it kind of sticks in my mind. You know, the series, The Chosen, there's a clip where Jesus is talking, I think, to Peter, but don't quote me, it might have been Paul. No, it was Peter, because Paul was not with him until after Paul did not walk with Jesus. <laughs> That's one thing I learned recently. Um, so it must have been Peter, and Peter says, well, how are we supposed to feel about this? And Jesus said, I didn't tell you to feel anything. I told you to do what's right. So, so basically, God would say, feelings are not trustworthy. That's what Jesus was saying. Feelings are often incorrect. They are not correct. Sometimes your feelings are totally out of whack. Later, you reflect back and you think, oh my gosh, that was totally wrong. Whoever trusts in his own mind is a fool, but who walks in wisdom will be delivered. That comes from Proverbs 28, 26. Don't trust your own mind <laughs> because it's full of that thing called feelings. Proverbs 28, 26. Upon reflection, guess what? The data says that less than half of our feelings are correct. Now, if you never reflect, you think you're always correct. If Upon looking back and reflecting, you have you'll find that less than half of your feelings are correct. That's another reason <laughs> the Bible says that feelings are deemed untrustworthy. You know, we don't, we don't walk by our feelings. What does the verse said? We walk by faith, not our sight or our feelings. We're supposed to walk by faith, not by sight or our feelings. Because upon reflection, most of them are incorrect. Last but not least, feelings can be affected by sin. Ooh, okay. I really like this passage. I'm going to read it in full. It's Romans 7, 15 through 20. I'm going to read it and I'll pause so you can understand. For I do not understand my own actions. This is this is Paul talking, for I do not understand my own actions, for I do not do what I want, but I do the very thing I hate. Have you ever done that? Oh, I don't want, I don't want to overeat. Didn't you overeat anyway? <laughs> I don't understand. Now, if I do what I don't want, I agree with the law. So Paul's saying the law is trying to keep me in order. And if I do that, then I'm in, in agree, I agree with the law. And that is good. So now it is no longer I who do it, but sin that dwells within me. For I know that nothing good dwells in me. That is my flesh. Remember that dog? 
backwards. God spelled backwards as dog, the flesh. For I have the desire to do what is right, but not the ability to carry it out. You can almost hear Paul's heart. Can't you relate to that? For I do, for I, I do not what I don't want to do, but the evil I do not want to do is what I keep on doing. So Paul knows his evil and he knows he shouldn't do it, but he keeps on doing it. This describes every addiction that someone might have. Now, if I do what I do not want, it's no longer I who do it, but sin that dwells within me. That's Romans 7, 15 to 20. You have to kind of read that and ponder and see what Paul was talking about. So let me review real quickly. The upside down world is the world that we live in as Christians. And in that world, we surrender our will because God has ordered our steps. We fight the urge to do the natural thing, complain, complain. We put our feelings in line with our desires, our goals that we want, our God-given goals. We put our feelings in line with them. If they're not, we tell them to evacuate, to get out. And we pray for those who have hurt us. So hopefully that will give you hope as you journey along in this area in which you are a prisoner. God bless you, and I'll see you again on the next podcast of Prisoners of Hope. My hope is that this journey has been fruitful, and you're able to take it and apply it to your life. Until next time, tune in again for the Prisoners of Hope podcast. God bless.